live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Welcome to Master Your Life, a show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration, where we ask you every week to consider who is it you are right now and who is it you want to be, and most importantly, what kind of life do you want to have? Uh, This is Leah Mattinson, host of the show, along with my wonderful co-host, Dr. Howard Rankin. Howard, how are things going this week? Good, good. Actually, this week I've uh, had some nice communication with uh, have a have a sister and family in the UK, um, and we had nice communication with them. And so I decided we really needed a guest from the UK on this week. And so, uh, did you have any <laughs> luck finding somebody that was willing to come on the show? <laughs> well, actually, um, after much uh, much work, no, no. Uh, our guest today <laughs> is Kyle yes. Davis. He is from Cardiff in Wales, not Cardiff, California. Carl, you don't know there's a Cardiff by the sea in California. Um, I do know that, actually. Oh, oh you do? I do. How do you, how do you know that? Uh, because a few years ago, my wife and I and our, and our youngest daughter, at the, or eldest daughter at the time, did a the, that coast drive ah, from right. uh, yeah. San Francisco down to, yeah, all the way down to the bottom. And uh, and as I was looking at the map, I saw Cardiff on that's the right. coast, and we're on the coast here. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Okay, I well, came in before Q, then didn't I? Sorry. No, no, that's great. No, we like that. You you know you definitely strike me as uh, a little unconventional. So we expect those sorts of things from you in the show. Um, <laughs> t- 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 tell us. You have a lot of really interesting things to say. You have books, you have all sorts of stuff. So we really want to get into that. Tell us um, what you're working on now and what your main focus is in the work that you do. Okay, I'm a psychologist by original trade. At the moment, I've just finished my first book called The Intelligent Body, Reversing Chronic Fatigue and Pain from the Inside Out. And I'm doing my utmost to get people to buy it. And most people believe me when I tell them it's brilliant. Uh, if they don't, I slap them around a bit. So that's that's what I'm doing at the moment. Um, and as as you might have guessed by the title, the clue is in is in the title. There. It's 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 about my approach to working with sufferers of chronic fatigue and pain. Uh, so that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm keeping my answers brief. Oh well, and congratulations on the on your new book because as authors we know how <laughs> what a big job that is to bring um, ideas into kind of the alchemical lab and get them down on paper. So first, it's of a all, huge challenge, isn't it? It's a it's, oh, it's, it's a huge is. challenge. Yeah. Uh, you yes. know, the, a, a thing I found was that for the first two months, I had this enormous weight on my chest and this there's this kind of white noise of. Uh, pain in my head and every sentence that I wrote I'd read it back and think this is the worst sentence I've ever read (laughs) everything I've ever read is way better than that 
So uh, I, I got almost nothing done for the first two months. And then when I when I realized that I needed to kind of practice what I preach and, and write for myself and just attune to my, as I would say, my true self, then it began to flow. But that was it was it's an interesting, bumpy ride. Yeah, it is. Writing and a book. It is. And, and that's why I make a living as a ghostwriter in those sorts of fields, health, psychology, spirituality. Um, it's an interesting experience. It's certainly, you know, writing is thinking and you really have to, it helps you hopefully think deeply about what you're putting down on paper. Um, and it's a, it can be a cathartic exercise if you're certainly doing memoirs and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's much more difficult than people think. So we absolutely congratulate you for getting it done. Thank you very much. I'm I'm taking a bow right now as you're saying that to me. Well, good. That's excellent. Because I know everyone who's listening is applauding. <laughs> bravo! Yes. Bravo, yes. Welshman. Bravo. Absolutely. Yes. And I love that you used your own intelligence. It's like the title of the book, The Intelligent Body, and noticing how you responded and were reacting to all of your own negative self-messaging about <laughs> how you couldn't possibly <laughs> do it. And this is garbage and rubbish and all that stuff. And yet, um, somehow, you... you transitioned all of the the intelligence of your body into this wonderful gift to the world so um can you talk a little bit about how did you actually come to um besides being obviously you know a a psychologist how did you learn about the content that you're sharing this in this how did what's your life path been to get you to this point my life path i started off my life path i started off working life in business consulting doing a whole range of different things really and the thing I guess that got my passion was seeing people make shifts. But I, I sort of felt within within a work context that people would would be in a role. They'd wear a mask. They'd be a manager or, you know, whatever it was they were. And I, I just had this desire to get a bit deeper. And I'd always been a, a very spiritually orientated person. So I, I'd, I'd had this, this sort of desire to delve deep. So I went and trained in a whole bunch of, of things uh, hypnosis, tapping therapy, CBT, counseling, a whole variety of things. And I started to practice. In 2002, I met a Scottish doctor who had done some of the same trainings that I, I had done. And he had a particular interest in uh, chronic fatigue syndrome because his girlfriend at the time had it. And mm. as a doctor, he was very frustrated because there was nothing that medicine could offer. So he started to apply some of the principles that he'd learned and he was putting in his own thoughts and he, he found a skeleton of a process that, that was working. So I was, I was uh, introduced to him, started working with him. And at the time we thought this is brilliant. We're on to something here. Um, you know, there isn't anything really within, within mainstream for these sorts of, of health issues. So that, you know, that was, that's, I guess that's, that was the start of it. And that was 2002. So as we kind of come up through time, we, we went around the place, we trained other health uh, practitioners, uh, tried to get research done, which is unbelievably hard when you're kind of outside the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And I've evolved this process. He got very disillusioned, really, because because of the, the progress that we were making. Uh, and of course, having to be a business when you exist outside of mainstream healthcare, you know, he'd come from being a, a doctor, uh, was used to being part of the National Health Service in, in Britain and had come out of that. And of course, when you're out of that, you have to be a business as, as well as, as working health. Uh, and 
I think because of the, the the progress we were making and the the barriers that we came up against, he got very very disillusioned disillusioned and then went went back into being a, a doctor. So I kept the work going of have evolved it. And that's really, I guess, where the book has come from. It was a, it was a desire to, to want to get the information out more than anything else, thinking that I, I don't proclaim to have all the answers. And, and I, I recognize that my, my thinking evolves as we evolve. But at this point in time, I felt, right, well, I, I need to get this out. I, you know, I, I see the people that I see. I do workshops. I see people uh, as, as clients. But I, I want to, I want to get this down and get this out. So that that was the that was the thrust behind it. It's interesting because um, obviously there's there's a symbol of, for want of a better expression, movement or a lot of professionals in this country who are really moving to that, the sort of functional medicine folks. And here it is definitely gaining acceptance amongst um, the public who get a little frustrated with a conventional allopathic treatment. I, I'm sure that you have clients all over the world, but I'm just interested in the UK specifically. Have people taken to this? Have they accepted it? Or has that been a struggle to get the uh, idea across? It's. I think there's a there's a couple of things really. I think that, that there is there is a proportion of people that that are open to it. I think that what we're faced with 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 conventional healthcare is we've become quite passive in relation to our health. And there's this tendency to externalize a problem and view a, a symptom as being something that is happening to me. Plus, the majority of people still entertain the mind-body split. So when they look at my background, they say, how can you possibly help me? Because are you saying it's all in my mind? So right. <laughs> there, there are... There are I think, uh, and again, the the work is empowerment focused. So essentially, I'm I'm teaching people to align with their true self, if you will, uh, and to kind of unleash their ability to self heal. And that's a process that I I guide people through. But it's a process that they it's a path that they have to walk. And I think there are even though there is a wave of change that's happening. Obviously, there are a huge uh, number of people that are used to being in that space whereby if they have a health problem or if they have some symptoms, they're used to going to see a professional who will do something and do something quickly uh, to work on those, you know, that that issue. Um, so it's, yeah, it's it's been, it's been tough, um, but I'm chipping away. Good. I'm not yeah. giving up. <laughs> I, I think it's you have a wonderful perspective, Kyle, on just that you're it's like the evolution of things. And so that's a very forgiving position for people who are coming in to work with somebody who's a, a coach or a practitioner or a counselor of any mm. kind. Uh, is just that I'm always evolving, so I assume that you're always evolving, which opens the door to people coming in thinking, you know, oh, oh you mean I don't have to be perfect. So I think that's you know a really good um, position to come from for people to feel welcome to well what how do i explore this um, mind body connection or mind body spirit connection even more deeply um and you are providing a safe place for people to come and do that just by your own personal position in your growth and evolution so i just want to note that for people that that's a very different position for people to come from versus the external sort of 
um, doctor that you go to that's writing a prescription for things or a prescription for things and saying, I know all of the answers and I have all of the answers and I have all the answers right now. Um, it's just a different, a completely different way of, of um, finding the way to heal yourself versus looking at that external person to be able to do that for you. So did you have your own health crisis, Kyle? That Or like what kind of, besides the Scottish doc and his girlfriend with the chronic fatigue, or did you not ever, have you ever had a, a health crisis that has supported I'm, this? I, 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 I'm not sure, I'm not sure, it would be unfair for me to say crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anxiety and depression were um, close friends of mine between ages mm-hmm. 17 and 24. Mm-hmm. And I kind of moved through that and was certainly very curious as to what I did that enabled me to to feel better. So there was certainly a huge amount of of self-reflection that went on uh, combined with working with the people that that I work with. I I think as as an emotional person, I'm I'm always somebody that has the potential for these sorts of health issues. So I I think that keeps me sort of on my toes as well, Mm. really. but it's it's interesting because it's a frequent question that that, that people ask, and it's it's it, in a way it's a kind of an interesting point because I think obviously people like it if you've had the same health health challenge that, that they've had. Um, obviously, from my perspective, I, I don't think you need to have had to have had something in order to be able to effectively work with it. No, I know. I agree with that. In in my career, I spend a lot of time working in addictions, and you know, question I would some sometimes get well have you been an alcoholic or have you been an addict and and the answer is no i haven't but i actually have experienced some of the things that those people go through not necessarily relation to drugs but you know feeling out of control dealing with situations uh poor decisions etc etc so yes it is interesting and and people do like it you're absolutely right they do feel that identification that goes on that brings people together um but I do well, the point that I wanted to make just before the break was that you know this change in how we view health and and medical issues is really critical because it is shifting responsibility back onto each of us to be responsible for our health. It's not that oh I got a problem I'll go to the doc he's fixed it it's a symptom and and this sort of passive objective quasi-objective treatment, it's, hey, you have the ability to do something about it. And I think that's huge. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's massive, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that we, we're we seeing change, we're seeing a wave of change that's happening. The thing that I'm um, conscious of is I think that that what's beginning, we're beginning to see more of is people looking at exercise, at diet. Um, I think the idea of emotion and stress is, I hope, will get bigger because from my perspective, they're probably the biggest piece, even <laughs> though there are people obviously don't agree with that. But I think that that, that wave of change is happening. And obviously, there is so much information that's, that, that is, is out there now that people can see that actually there, there is probably more to this health issue. And maybe I don't want to be taking drugs forever because people are, are waking up to this idea that when they go to see their doctor and despite all the fantastic things that medicine does for acute symptoms, we're having more and more chronic symptoms and people don't want to, to, to be taking meds that are just 
effectively just dealing or trying to suppress their symptoms, you know, that they don't have to do that forever. So I, it's great to see that people are beginning to to take that step towards understanding that maybe there's something that they can do for themselves. Right, which is very encouraging and empowering, I think, for people who really do feel stuck at a, or at a roadblock. And I cover um, the same, I don't cover the same process you do in my book, Silver Linings, The Essential Guide to Building Courage, Wellness and Self-Esteem. But I do take the same mental position, which is that, you know, we we can control, not only can we control symptoms, but we can really live symptom-free, which is just a completely uh, mind-blowing idea, I think, for a lot of people. So after the break, I was really looking forward to talking more about your work and your book, The Intelligent Body. After the break, we'll talk more with Dr. Kyle Davis. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. When was the last time you said, I love myself and I love my life? Can't recall? Has it been five years? Ten maybe? Or do you quite literally not remember a time when you felt peaceful and joyful? Well, how would you like to be one of those special women who glow because you're on a path to awakening and evolving consciously? If that sounds like where you want to be, but you just don't know how to get there, come join Leah Mattinson for one of her upcoming retreats in a beautiful, intimate, and very exclusive location. Dive deep in mind, body, and spirit. Go to reallifetraining.com for details. Hey gang, this is Leah Mattinson, and I know if you're listening to my program right now that you're somebody who is interested in mastering your life. Maybe you're interested in being a better parent or living with more energy and vitality in the face of a debilitating disease. Or are you just stuck in a rut and want to learn how to reconnect, play, and enjoy your life fully again? Then I invite you to come to reallifetraining.com to learn about my upcoming Real Life Reflections, a weekly live interactive workshop. These closed group discussions dive deep into life's biggest real life challenges and how to successfully navigate them. Now you can become a participant in these discussions with me. So if that sounds like where you'd like to be and how you'd like to feel, come on over to the website at reallifetraining.com and see how you can access more health, happiness, and joy each week. Reallifetraining.com, where we help people to help themselves. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, Think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah, that's L-E-A-H-A, at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my host, Leah Mattinson. Today, we are talking with Kyle Davies, D 
D-A-B-I-E-S, for those of you who want to look him up online, um, about his um, treatment of chronic conditions, anxiety, depression, fibromyalgia, and his concept of the intelligent body. Um, Carl, perhaps you can tell us a little bit how that what that actually means in practice. I mean, we, we totally understand and agree with you about um, the, the philosophical developments and the underpinnings of that, but what does, what does it mean? If somebody is consulting you, what are the elements that you provide for them? Uh, so in terms of what does it mean in, from the perspective of an intelligent body, I think that my sense of it is that uh, as a culture, we've become incredibly head focused. We think that we can run everything through the mental channel, if that makes sense, and we can control everything through our mind and our thoughts uh, without realizing that the heart and the gut are intelligent as well. So there's a flow of information throughout the whole system, and we are one connected uh, system. So that's, that's, I guess, the start point. Uh, you know, as I was saying in, in the first bit, the idea of mind and body being separate is, is, is we know it's a myth. It was something that, you know, a, an idea that came from hundreds of years ago, made popular by Rene Descartes from this perspective that, well, the body's a bit of a machine. We can break it down into its separate bits of arms and legs, but we need to have something that connects us with God because we're Christians. So this, the, the mind was, uh, the, the, you know, represented the kind of the psyche or the soul. Uh, and of course, what we've seen ever since is that science has tried to get God out of the equation altogether. So we're left with this uh, somewhat, strange nebulous notion of mind which i guess it probably everybody has their own idea about what that means and then a body and for me the the notion of stress which is i guess the essence of my work is saying right well when a person has symptoms of a health challenge it means their body is is in a perpetual state of stress stress is really that crucial thing that where we can see even from a scientific perspective that mind and, and body are one so there are two i think and certainly when it comes to to, to teaching this sort of work, there are two kind of crucial elements about stress that the first thing is is that people often think that stress is that nervous agitated feeling that they get when their boss overloads them with work and i would say that's an emotional feeling more than it is stress the first crucial point is that your body can be in a state of stress without you being aware of it and this kind of takes me back to a book i read some years ago called healing without prozac and freud by a psychiatrist called dr david servant schreiber i think his name is mm -hmm. and he he was writing about an experiment he was doing and he was showing people disturbing films and measuring the heart rate the blood pressure and the activity of the emotional brain and he said they had one lady in and he was showing her this these films and her heart rate was going mad and her blood pressure was sky high and the activity of her, her, of her emotional brain was kind of off the charts and he's thinking oh crap this lady's in a deep deep state of stress I better, I better go and check she's okay so he goes into the lab and he says are you okay shall I turn this off and she looks at him with this element of surprise on her face and says oh no I'm perfectly fine I'm quite happy watching this so you know from that I, I would say well this is a lady that is kind of locked in her head she's locked in her mind or whatever you would want to call it and she's cut off from that feeling part of her from my perspective if she continues in that vein there's every chance that at some point she'll develop a health problem because without feeling 
she's not getting that vital feedback. So that's the first element is that our body can be in a state of stress without us being aware of it. The second, I think, important thing about stress is the idea that you could have a physical injury, you could fall down a flight of stairs, you could have a car crash, you could have a, a, a an illness, a bad case of flu, or a buildup of emotion. And all three trigger the exact same stress, stress response in the body. So what, in terms of what do I mean and how do I work with clients, I talk about having a stress bucket. And there can be a whole load of things in that stress bucket, from a, from a bad diet to lack of sleep and all the rest of it. I think things like a car accident and whatnot they're probably one-offs a bad diet i reckon is a reasonably easy fix the the emotion that goes in our stress bucket is that's the that's the one i focus on because i think it's our emotional patterns and our, our emotional feelings that get stuffed down and those are the things that i think people are not really aware of because i think that emotion is slightly different from feeling i think the brain structures that are involved in the creation of emotion and feeling are slightly different so i look at emotion as a non-conscious process that ideally will trigger feelings and then we have feelings and i then we ideally we feel them and then we either do something about them or we allow we simply allow them to be what i think is possible is that we can block feelings and if we block feelings long enough we stop having them but it doesn't mean that emotions are not there so the body still continues to produce emotion and it gets stuck in our stress bucket so my view in terms of the creation of symptoms is that there's a probably some sort of rewiring that takes place whereby there's this buildup of uh, emotion and possibly other things in the stress bucket. This can lead to a rewiring of various brain regions, which can then lead to uh, overactivity, if we can call it that, within the, the, the autoimmune, autonomic nervous system, the immune system, the, the endocrine system, and then we have, have symptoms. So I view it as a kind of a, a long-term stress chain reaction that ultimately results in symptoms but it's, it's important that we have that that new or that fresh understanding of kind of what stress is and what emotion is as well right and so in the everyday world of things would you agree that we have stressors that come at us that we that maybe are completely outside our consciousness including what comes in on media it might not even just be What's happening in our own day-to-day life, like, can I pay my bills? Is my job secure? Um, is my relationship good? But also just the things that we see going on globally and our inability to um, really unplug or our seeming inability to unplug. I think this, this uh, I got two answers to that, really. The first answer is that uh, I think that, yes, it's one of the things that makes stress difficult to, to measure is that stress not only varies across the population, it varies within a person as well. So you could be sat in a cold draft one day and your body goes into the stress response and sat in a cold draft the next day and it doesn't, which which makes it, it tough. And of course, both of those may lie outside of your awareness. The the other bit, though, is that I view, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's often a view that views stress as being something outside of us that's happening to us. So I, I'm my work tends to favor the notion that we're the creators of our own experience. And we've all had this idea, well, this this experience really, that we've that there, there, there are times when you can have certain feelings about something and other times when you have different feelings. So I I like to build flexibility into that idea that, well, Donald Trump makes me stressed, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think 
our reality is our conception and it sort of flows through us if that makes sense what we don't want to do is necessarily believe that the thoughts in our head are true or real they're just something that's or necessarily us but they're just mm-hmm. something that's kind of flowing through us so uh, my focus and certainly working with my clients is is how is it that we are creating our experience recognizing that well my, my feelings my thought that part of my experience they're flowing through me but I'm kind of something grander than that they're not the totality of me or my experience so I, I don't get you get I don't fixate on the, on the idea of trying to change things outside externally uh, I, I like this idea of really focusing on having a person allow whatever they feel recognizing whatever they feel and, and looking at emotion as being a guide you know trying to guide us back to our to our true self and then the deeper feelings that we have are the nudges from our true self trying to guide us on a path yeah i really like that and i agree with it mm-hmm. i mean overall i think that thinking is bad for you <laughs> well um Carl, you will get a copy of my book when I finally finish it. I think, therefore, I'm wrong, which is... is, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah, which is, you know, what you're talking about. You know, we have a very simplistic view. The world is complicated. We've got to make it as simple as possible. We don't have time to do a deep dive into what we really think. And so we wander around with these total misconceptions, um, often based on kind of binary brain thinking. It's either this or that when it's way more complicated than that. And when you look at health and how people approach health, you know, that's what happens, as it does really with everyone, because although we have the ability to be logical and rational, you know, to some extent that's been hijacked and it, it it's an illusion in many ways. So, right? And so I'm sure you see this. This is what you're working with, aren't you? You're working with people's... Uh, wrong conceptions or perhaps wrong inappropriate conceptions or or conceptions that are creating ill health in them absolutely or, prevent, yeah. or preventing them from finding answers absolutely yeah yeah um it's all about that i mean a, a thing that's a, a point that i i, I add to that is that I, i'm not convinced that we can necessarily consciously change a huge amount of our thinking i i'm, I'm in favor of the idea of simply letting it be I, I do I, I'm a big fan of the work of heart math and I, I like the idea mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, the kind of research mm-hmm. that they've done where they've shown that, that our emotion comes first and emotion triggers thinking so emotion right. is this you get the, the gut the heart the non-thinking part of the brain is activated and then right. that floods through and affects our you know those uh thinking centers of the brain so you have emotion then you start start right. thinking exactly. of the, the conventional views have been that it's conscious thought that creates yeah. all of our feelings. And, of course, this is why we had an entire industry based on the idea, of, well, let's change your thinking, right. and then we can change how you feel. So my view is, well, let's just leave your thinking alone. Let's, tr- let's see if we can transcend that part of us completely. And what we want to do is pay attention, is be in life rather than be in your head. Because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, thinking mm-hmm. leads to more thinking. If you're in your head and you're, you're trying to wrestle with your thinking or, change it and all this kind of stuff i just think it leads to more thinking but what we want is just to flow through life really don't we you know those times when people have are at their best you know they're performing mm. well they're happy or whatever it may be they're not in their head they're, right. they're in life and they're they're flowing and ideally what we want is a little bit 
you know, more of that really. And I think, you know, we can do that by not meddling with our thinking, but recognizing that, well, the more aligned I am, the more aligned I can be with who I am, the more I trust my deeper feelings and act and act uh, in alignment with those. The f- probably the fewer cluttered head moments I'll I'll have to experience. So yeah, thinking will come and go because it does, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case that I can get log jammed up there. Lock jab. That's a great word. So that's that's actually where I'm going to pick up because I'm thinking is that people are listening to the show today, and they are, are um, going. Is this me? Is this where? Is this how I'm stuck in my life? You know, just thinking about or evaluating even on a scale. You know, one to ten. How much of my life do I spend in flow, where I really feel light and happy about what I'm doing? And if you can nail down some sort of a number, then you can go okay. How do I unlock then this? So I, that's where I would be in, in my life would be going, how do I unlock this magic of what makes me feel light, what makes me feel heavy? And, and uh, so let's talk about the unlocking of getting out of the brain a bit, out okay. of the thinking. Um, uh, f- for me, there's a couple of there's a couple of crucial bits probably. The first bit is that obviously I would say you can't you can't get out of it by thinking more. And almost anything that we put our attention upon, we start thinking about. So I would say that that natural tendency to flow, that natural tendency to be aligned with our true self is inherent within us. So, so it's almost as if we don't really have to do anything. So one of the things that I talk to my, my clients about is, is that idea that there's a, there's a spectrum of consciousness that we exist upon. And our default setting is to pull us up towards the higher end where we tend to feel better. And what we want to do is that if, if we notice ourselves not feeling good and our mind is cluttered and we feel off kilter, rather than frantically trying to fix ourselves, ideally, to begin with, just allow yourself to be, just engage in the moment and trust that my job is to unfold as me on a moment but but by moment basis if i do that i will naturally gravitate towards being more aligned with my true true self in that higher higher consciousness end of the the, the spectrum i think that we have a tendency to constantly try to fix ourselves and I think it's the the assumption that I'm broken that I, I need to be fixed and I've got to do this technique and this technique and this technique keeps us locked in mind. So my sense is that in order to transcend mind, transcend that thinking brain, we need to begin by almost not doing anything really, unless a person has has. Uh, symptoms and a health challenge that's a that's a different issue you know we need to you know and we can talk about that after the after the next break if you like but if, if it's just about trying to get unstuck it's my work would be about developing trust of that that deeper wisdom it's knowing that right well there's a there's a wisdom there's a soul there's there's a consciousness that flows through me and if i get out of the way and jump on the back of the horse then and just let it take me that that's the thing for me to do if i don't feel so good this morning just uh, knowing that by getting out of the way i can probably feel all right you know this afternoon or or the next day is that's ideally what we're after yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if you come across somebody who's who's 
pretty depressed or anxious and depressed, and you say, no, 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 and you try to work it at a rational level now, now come on, think about all your blessings, think about people, someone's just been diagnosed with cancer, you know, it, it's great, think about that, you'd really be better off to say, hey, just chill out, bro, and yeah, with yeah. those wise words, uh, we'll come to this break and we'll talk more with the great Kyle Davies <laughs> after the break. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit ReallifeTraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. When was the last time you said, I love myself and I love my life? Can't recall? Has it been five years, ten maybe? Or do you quite literally not remember a time when you felt peaceful and joyful? Well, how would you like to be one of those special women who glow because you're on a path to awakening and evolving consciously? If that sounds like where you want to be, but you just don't know how to get there, come join Leah Mattinson for one of her upcoming retreats in a beautiful, intimate, and very exclusive location. Dive deep in mind, body, and spirit. Go to reallifetraining.com for details. Hey gang, this is Leah Mattinson, and I know if you're listening to my program right now that you're somebody who is interested in mastering your life. Maybe you're interested in being a better parent or living with more energy and vitality in the face of a debilitating disease. Or are you just stuck in a rut and want to learn how to reconnect, play, and enjoy your life fully again? Then I invite you to come to reallifetraining.com to learn about my upcoming Real Life Reflections, a weekly live interactive workshop. These closed group discussions dive deep into life's biggest real life challenges and how to successfully navigate them. Now you can become a participant in these discussions with me. So if that sounds like where you'd like to be and how you'd like to feel, come on over to the website at reallifetraining.com and see how you can access more health, happiness, and joy each week. Reallifetraining.com, where we help people to help themselves. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm Leah Mattinson, along with my co-host, Dr. Howard Rankin, and our fantastic guest today, Kyle Davis. And before the break, we were talking about how we can just chill out, bro, according to Howard. <laughs> chill out, bro. <laughs> chill out, Come bro. On. Get a hold of yourself already. <laughs> exactly. Or, or let go of yourself already. Uh, but... 
but it's quite a relief, I'm sure, to many people to, to think, wow, do you, do you really mean I'm not feeling that good? I could allow myself just to actually do nothing in response to this feeling except to just accept that it is what it is and to move through it. So in this segment, we're going to talk more about how do you how do you do that when you feel like maybe you're backed into a corner or you've made some bad decisions in your life or what you think are bad decisions and you've say, said yes maybe to things that um, are making you feel heavier and heavier and heavier and so how do you like how do we do this disengaging what are the what are the ideas behind that so without further ado Kyle <laughs> what are the what are the ideas for disengaging um Whew, well, that's a good one to start, isn't it? So yeah. if we're assuming that a person doesn't have symptoms and they're, they're, they're sort of feeling stuck, overwhelmed, lost, I, I would say your starting point is that, uh, you, as I said before, you, you're not broken and there's, there's nothing necessarily that you need to fix. So all of those activities that you're doing, the reading stuff up on forums and all that kind of stuff, assuming that you should be feeling something else, I would say stop all that and trust that there is this wisdom within you that will will guide you where you need to go if you can just allow yourself to go with it and then engage in life do the things that you enjoy doing move towards the things that you know ignite your 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 passion um you know i see a huge uh, number of people that spend an inordinate amount of time trying to fix themselves which is you know researching treatments researching symptoms and all these 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 kinds of things so uh, you know, I think all of that is about resistance. And in my sense of it, one of the biggest causes of suffering is resistance. All of the all of the feelings that we have are normal. And, you know, we, again, part of this cultural thing of, of success is, is experience as well. I should feel good all the time. I should feel happy. And you, I, I, I see these things on Facebook and one all the time. How to be happy all the time? So, well, you're not supposed to be happy all, all, all of the time. My sense of it is, is that even when we're aligned, it doesn't, you know, if I'm aligned with my true self, it doesn't mean that I don't feel the range of feelings. It means I I feel everything because I'm a spiritual being having a human experience and I'm supposed to feel everything. So I do and I don't resist it. So crucially, absolutely crucially, two profound things for me were when I had the, the uh, awareness, I suppose, that everything I felt was all right. It was a, it, it, it rocked my world really because <clears throat> as, as a person that feels a huge amount, I recognized I would, I resisted everything I felt. So that was the first thing. The second big thing for me was the idea that what I feel is not a problem and does not mm-hmm. need to be solved. So the very idea, so yeah. I, I was aware that I'd feel tension and there was an emotion in there somewhere and then there was this this white noise of cognition which was resisting and it was the idea that I shouldn't feel this, I should, I should feel happy, I, shouldn't, I should feel something else. I don't, I don't want to be the type of person that feels this. You know, so trying to find meaning, trying to analyze, trying to solve, and that's either something that you might be aware of in your chatter in your head or, or you're not, it's a kind of, it's haze. But the, that very idea idea that what I feel is not a problem there is nothing to solve your emotion never needs to be solved for me that was that was profound so all of my all of the suffering kind of went and what I then felt was I just had this normal flow of feelings of good feelings of not so pleasant feelings and I would just allow them to come and go and I'd recognize that there were times if 
there was there was something that was maybe trying to guide me in a certain way or nudge me down a certain path i'd pay attention and i'd allow myself to go with that but with the idea that whatever action i take in life i'm not trying to solve a feeling i'm not trying to solve an emotional feeling my emotions do not need to be solved so uh, those things and i guess it's like a lot of this work isn't it, it on paper it seems oh that's simple isn't it but when you work, when you apply when you actually get it when you have an experience of it it's entirely different and that certainly was for me so those are kind of staples of of my work with with people it's it's repeatedly inviting people to experience that notion that everything you feel is okay and what you feel is not a problem now it's a little bit different when i'm working with people with symptoms because just going back to what i was saying earlier it's often the case that if we block our feelings feelings kind of go away but emotions stay there so if i'm working with somebody with anxiety depression chronic fatigue fibromyalgia irritable bowel those sorts of things i i, I use the symptoms as a as a message that the body is trying to get our attention and again this it's a bit of a i guess going back to what we were saying in the first part it's a bit of a change from the idea of oh, I've got a symptom, it's a problem I've got to get rid of it as soon as possible so I view it as a symptom is, is trying to tell us something, a symptom is bringing a message and the message is that there's a good chance that emotional feelings are not being felt so it's a full stress bucket but emotional feelings are not being felt and we've got to learn to translate those symptoms back into emotions and then learn to rebuild the connections between emotions and feelings so that we can begin to feel again so that's the that's I've tried to I've logged I've locked two things in as one then probably talked a bit too much of me no 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 but what you've said is is absolutely fantastic and I am sick and tired and have been for a long time of hearing people talk about negative feelings and bad feelings there's no such thing folks they may be uncomfortable but they're not bad and this judgment that people make and this ethos of if there's if you're not feeling happy there's something wrong with you is total bullshit and I'm glad you so eloquently addressed it and are doing that with your clients because that's excellent for me that's exactly where it's at too it's huge isn't it and what we're yeah. seeing is in in britain i read recently that the medications for antidepressants have doubled in the last six years i'm thinking you know in wales there are more prescriptions written than there are people uh and it, you know it's ridiculous isn't it and you're thinking and it is it is this idea that if i don't feel quite right i need to be medicated i shouldn't mm-hmm. feel like this so that you know the the very idea that you're not broken you don't need fixing everything you feel is okay let it be you can flow a bit more then you get to see whether you actually do have a problem because there obviously there are i think for most people there is they can move through that you know acute stuckness or whatever it is uh but if obviously if if there are symptoms that are there that become chronic then they do need a, a bit of guidance but uh, yeah, that basic idea that we're too quickly trying to trying to fix ourselves when there probably isn't a problem, just letting every, letting yourself feel everything. I, it's a it's a, a common thing I say to my clients is is that ma- I think almost mastery of life comes from allowing yourself to feel uncomfortable feelings. No I don't think it's, it's it's not surprising that we 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 resist them. It's almost like an instinctive thing because, mm-hmm. you know, from what I understand of it, the same areas of the brain light up when we are experiencing 
some emotional discomfort as when we experience a physical pain and we know if we experience you know a, a pain in my big toe I'm going to wince and I'm going to you know do what I can to, to push that away so it's resisting is it's almost like an instinctive thing but I think it's where instinct is not doesn't necessarily serve us so I think yes. there is a there's you know our, our intuitive true self is different from instinct and it's aligning with that that true wisdom that true self-wisdom is what we want to do and with that comes that ability to to uh, to deal with to tolerate and to see through some uncomfortable feelings knowing that this is not the totality of me i'm i'm grander than this i can allow myself to feel this and even isn't it wonderful that i can have these feelings and and be alive and I think it's wonderful and it, fantastic. Thank you, Howard, for sharing exactly how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> and in North America well, too, I feelings. think it's all, all. Yeah, I know, and and it is, uh, and you and you shared them, which is wonderful. I think um, that I sit in in kind of um, awe often of all of the thoughts that go through my head. And when I when I open my mouth, something completely different comes out then what are all the thoughts in my head? And usually the thing that comes out of my mouth is something quite pleasant. So when I, <laughs> so people are sitting there going, okay, well, I'm going to have all these emotions. I'm going to actually feel the emotions. I'm going to, you know, let them flow through me. But as they're flowing through me, what if something comes out of my mouth that I go, oops, <laughs> I didn't mean to share it uh, exactly in that manner. Uh, so does part of your work um, help people to transition with, it's like, it's okay, feel the feelings, uh, acknowledge the feelings, uh, you know, let them flow through you. And, and also the rest of your life is not going to be, you know, hugely affected by this or, you know, are the people around you going to notice that there's a difference? So just that, that, that varies. I mean, yeah, yeah I, it's yeah. certainly an interesting question, isn't it? So I think when it comes to emotional feelings, I, I'm not one of those people that thinks that you necess- necessarily have to talk about them. I know part of the old ideas about, about our, our, our emotion was it's either something that's in your head, it's something from the past or something you have to talk about. My sense is that our emotion is is it's a complex physiological process in much the same way as a feeling of hunger or tiredness is. So it's, I view it as it's, it's feedback and it's guiding us back to our true self. So ideally, as, as I said earlier, we don't, our actions in life don't want to be to try to resolve or solve our feelings. So if my body sends me anger, it's, it's my anger. And if it's inviting me to act in an authentic way, then I want to be constructive in the way that I do that. Uh, but of course, it's much easier when I look at it as it's just something that's flowing through me or maybe offering me some guidance. It's not about my boss. He's not making me angry. So my <laughs> judgment my judgment is gone then. And of course, also what kind of ties into that is going back to my, my spectrum of consciousness. If I'm low, if I'm in a low vibrational state, then my, my perceptions of myself, my perceptions of life are, are going to be altered. And recognizing sort of that and being aware of, well, I, I, I don't feel good anyway, that's I'm going to get more emotion if that if, if I'm in that space. So knowing that my emotion is, is something that's about me, that's flowing through me, takes away the judgment. Then when I allow it to be there without resisting, without seeing it as a problem, again, that makes it easier for me to align with, okay, well, so what, what's the right thing for me to do? Do I need to take some action? Um, do I need to say, say something? So if we do say something, and I think in many instances we don't need to, 
then saying things in a constructive way is always useful. But I think the closer we are aligned to our true self, the more we're probably in a space of compassion. And it's not forced compassion or, or coming from a mental space. Mm. It's just our natural, I think it's our natural state. So, yes, there, there are times that, that people, uh, you know, people kind of change a, a bit. And there are other times when they don't really change at all, in my experience of the of the, <laughs> the, the people that I work with. Um yeah. Okay. Um, great. As we're coming towards the end, let's let's tell our listeners where they can find out more about you. Now, I presume a lot of this is in your book. Tell us a bit about your book and the other things they do, where they can find you online, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the the book talks about my process, which is called Energy Flow Coaching, and it's in two parts really. So it's the the first part talks about emotion, talks about stress, offers I guess some theory or the framework, my my perspective on how we work as humans, my 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 perspective on what it is that causes symptoms, and then in part two, it takes people through the the experiments and exercises that they can try, and I and I, I talk about it rather than tools and techniques. Just because I'm quite mindful that that I often have people that come to me and, and they they want a technique, give me something to do, and I think with we seem we're very externally referenced again as a culture where I want something outside of me that I can do. So all of the kind of little experiments and exercises I have people do are they're short term and they're just designed to give people a nudge back on track to to you know help them realign with their their true self. So that that in essence that's what the book is about. It's written in a very kind of easy light user-friendly sort of way uh, and i've tried to cover lots of material in there's also I, I i think it's interesting so i, I hope people <laughs> think it's interesting as well so it's not just just a self-help book um but yeah please do buy it yeah <laughs> i think it's far beyond a self-help book it, and the wonderful work also that you're doing kind of in workshops you have an anxiety recovery boot camp uh and other online offerings to people how do they find you on the web? So uh, my website, my current website is kyledavies.net. Uh, I'm currently having a website built, which is going to be energyflowcoaching.com. That'll be up probably in about a month. I'm on Facebook as Kyle Davis EFC, and I'm on Twitter as Kyle L. Davis. That's great. No, that's great. And and uh, do you, you have clients? You said all over the world. So you do you video conference with with people? Is that right? I do. I do Skype work. So yeah, I have a lot of clients yeah. in the states, in Australia, New Zealand. Um, yeah, and I, I think uh, 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 that's kind of driven by the fact that. It's because this work is a little bit new. I think people in the States are a little bit more open than people in, in the UK. Um, but there are those people, of course, all over the world that are are open to new ideas and are open to taking things forward themselves, being responsible for them for themselves. So, yeah, I'm available. If you if you're looking for a little bit of help, then please do get in touch. That's just wonderful. On the, on the other side of responsibility lies freedom, which is people go responsible. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but on the other side of that lies freedom. And so I just want to encourage people to, uh, again, go and buy your book, The Intelligent Body. And um, just want to thank you so much, Kyle, for sharing your insight, intelligence, and inspiration on the show today. Um, any last words, Howard? No, great. Uh, we'll keep in touch. I'm sure, Kyle. It's uh, you know very aligned with my own ideas. Slightly 
coming from a slightly different perspective, but great job. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be here today. Wonderful. Until next time on Master Your Life, we hope you have an absolutely wonderful, insightful, intelligent, and inspirational week. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life.